pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. On April 19, 1995, a man by the name of MacArthur Wheeler robbed two banks in Pittsburgh in broad daylight. This in itself isn't unusual, as banks get robbed all the time. However, when the police reviewed security footage, they noticed the robber made no effort at all to conceal his face at either bank. With clear images of his face, the authorities had the stills broadcast on the evening news and quickly got a tip on the criminal's location. When the police arrived, Wheeler was stunned that they found him so quickly, proclaiming, But I wore the juice. This in turn surprised the police as they had no idea what the juice was, and they figured someone robbing a bank without hiding their face must want to get caught. Turns out, Wheeler had no desire to get caught at all. He explained to the police why he didn't conceal his face. He had covered it in lemon juice, believing the juice would make him invisible to security cameras. You see, the robber figured if lemon juice could work as an invisible ink, therefore anything covered in lemon juice would become invisible, including his face to active security cameras. He found out the hard way that was some faulty logic. Now this amusing story inspired the study which led to the naming of the cognitive bias we know as the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect effectively says people with low understanding of a topic or task overestimate their ability at said task. In other words, they don't know what they don't know. While it's likely easy to think of someone as being guilty of this way of thinking, whether it's a bad driver who always texts and thinks they don't need to worry about the road, or a co-worker who just got out of college and thinks they can run the company, the truth is we all suffer from this delusion in one way or another. The challenge is figuring out how. Of course, this phenomenon isn't new. It's been part of the human psyche going back to biblical times. A clear demonstration of this effect shows up in the book of Job. The story of Job is about a man who endured great suffering and struggled to come to terms with why he had to suffer. But it's also about the learning process of Job's three friends, who were convinced that bad things that happen must be a consequence of sin because all they knew about bad things was that God used them as a tool of punishment. And as you read through the poetic responses of Job and his three friends, you get the idea they're all missing a critical piece of information. But like the bank robber covered in lemon juice, they didn't know what they didn't know. In Job 37, a new acquaintance of Job and his friends named Elihu explained to Job how much he truly didn't know about God's working in the earth. Let's take a look at the end of his reply in Job 37, verses 14 through 24, where it says, Hear this, O Job. Stop and consider the wondrous works of God. Do you know how God lays his command upon them and causes the lightning of his cloud to shine? Do you know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge, 
You whose garments are hot when the earth is still because of the south wind? Can you, like him, spread out the skies hard as a cast metal mirror? So teach us what we shall say to him. We cannot draw up our case because of darkness. Shall it be told him that I would speak? Did a man ever wish that he would be swallowed up? And now no one looks on the light when it is bright in the skies when the wind has passed and cleared them. Out of the north comes golden splendor. God is clothed with awesome majesty. The Almighty, we cannot find him. He is great in power, justice, and abundant righteousness he will not violate. Therefore men fear him. He does not regard any who are wise in their own conceit. Now, if you were to take a look at a graph of the Dunning-Kruger effect, showing a relationship between knowledge and confidence, at the very beginning, it would be at zero for both. But very early on, as knowledge builds up, you would see the line spike very quickly in confidence, and then come right back down almost to where it started before gradually rising a much steadier slope. Now the peak of that graph, where confidence is high, yet understanding is low, it would look like the peak of a steep mountaintop. That mountaintop is a comfortable place for us to be since we don't have to face our own inadequacy. The pursuit of spiritual wisdom and understanding concerning God's involvement in our lives is often the same. All of us, at some point or another, summit the peak of Mount Foolishness. Not everyone makes a downward trip. But it's at the summit where we're susceptible to thinking ourselves wise when we're not. As Elihu noted in verse 24, therefore men fear him. He does not regard any who are wise in their own conceit. So how do we avoid falling in this trap? I believe our Lord Jesus gave us the answer through a parable to his disciples. In Luke 14, verses 7 through 11, the Lord Jesus had to say this. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. In our individual journeys towards the kingdom of God, we are invited to build relationships with others, not just at weddings, but in all seasons of life. We're invited to build relationships with family members, our brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, and most importantly, the Lord himself and God Almighty. There may be times where our understanding of them is limited based on how little we know. When we don't know what we don't know. Maybe we only know about our coworkers based on how we interact with them during their shift, or 
Perhaps we only know what our dear friends and acquaintances go through based on what they share on social media, and we draw conclusions from that. Humility is the cure to the overconfidence that comes with limited understanding. Humility is having the mindset of recognizing that at any point, there's much that we don't know. And once we know we don't know, we can truly begin to learn. And while we might draw comfortable assumptions based on what we think we know, we need to take a cue from Elihu and stop and consider the wondrous works of God. Now, I'm not talking about knowing the cycles and functions of nature, but our relationship with others. For the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 verse 10 said that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Just as there's more going on in the way the wind blows and how the clouds drop rain on the earth than what we see with our own eyes, there's that much more going on in the lives of those around us than what's on the surface. We owe it to each other to challenge ourselves as we go into conversations with each other to be willing to learn. We owe it to God to descend from that peak of arrogance into a valley of humility that offers genuine opportunities to grow in understanding, but more importantly, to grow in grace. Now, as we get ready to enter 2021, let's take more time in our lives and pause to consider the wondrous works of God. Not just those grand miracles of the Bible, but the everyday beauty of everything and everyone around us. The Lord Jesus invited his followers to consider lilies and sparrows so that we might learn to see God's hand in anything. For once we see God's hand in anything, we'll eventually see God's workmanship in everything and everyone. And once we learn to see the world as our Lord did, we can recognize how God is always looking to teach us as he molds us into the likeness of his Son. There's so much more we do not know in life, and so much more we can learn even in God's kingdom. So let's open our hearts to wisdom so that we can all see that day foretold to us in 1 John 3, verse 2, where it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. I want to thank you for listening to another devotion on pause to consider. If you found this devotion helpful, I hope you share it with your friends and with your loved ones. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on my Facebook and Instagram pages for updates. And if you have any questions, but above everything else, I hope this devotion was helpful for you. And I hope that God will be with you until we meet again, whether it's on our next devotion or whether it's in God's kingdom.
God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Have a great week.